The following program is being brought to you on the Seventh Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit SeventhWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tung. This program will provide the groundwork you need to advance your awareness and be involved in the approaching transformation in consciousness. Now, your host, Peter Tung. Hello and welcome to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. And I'm your host, Peter Tung. Thank you for joining us today. The intention in these episodes is to give you insights into how the planet is shifting in frequency and vibration to a new level of awareness of awareness and how you can be part of this grand awakening. And I'm quite excited today, not only because it's October the 13th, which was a very significant day in the turning point really for the Knights Templars back in on Friday, October the 13th, 1307, where Friday the 13th comes from. And it's not a coincidence that my guest today, William Henry, has a lot of expertise in that area as well as in many, many other areas of awakening, conscious co-creation. So, William, welcome to the show today. Thank you, Peter. I'm very happy to be here. We've got so much to to cover today, and I I want to give everybody a a really good sampling of of your work. But before we get into specifics, I just wanted to... uh, segue in from last week's show when James Gilliland from the Aseti Ranch was on and, and he said to me to make sure I asked you to talk about your experiences when you were down at Aseti. So perhaps you could begin there. Oh, I'll be happy to. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, James has been a, a longtime friend. I've uh, met him on the UFO circuit, gosh, probably 10 years ago or so. And every time I'd see him, he'd, he'd invite me as well as all other speakers and researchers up to his uh, his noted ranch up there in southern Washington. And so finally, it was uh, 2008, I believe, was the first time I went there. He has a huge conference every 4th of July. He gets several hundred people up there and puts on a wonderful event. And part of the event is the sky watching, of course, where you're, you're, you put out the intention to call in the, some of the ships that he sees flying above his, his ranch there into Mount Adams. And as I'm sure James told you, there's basically two types of craft that they experience up there. They have the, the metallic technological kind of craft, the, the traditional sort of concept of the flying saucer. And then there's the ones that I'm most interested in, and that is the, the organic or biological beings. James believes that some of the beings that they cite or some of the craft that they cite over his, his property there might in fact be these transformed humans that so many different traditions talk about, humans that have gone up to the next human level and become light beings. And, of course, this is something James and I have talked about 
for years in relation to the Tibetan belief that humans can transform into light beings, the Hindu belief that some of the stars we see in the sky are perfected royal seers, as they describe it, transformed humans who have taken the ultimate next step and transformed themselves into light beings. So with that said, get up there to James's place. And it was uh, the first couple of nights I, I kind of wimped out and went to sleep early, and I, I really paid for it because the, the first night, as soon as I hit my head hit the pillow, I heard this these shrieks of joy that's just up just rapturous, blissful explosion, and you know that everybody had experienced something extraordinary. In fact, what they say happens is that when they gather together, they'll see these light ships, and they can easily distinguish them from uh, traditional airplanes or NASA craft or, or what have you, satellites. And when they see these lights start to behave in a certain way, they start chanting, power up, power up, power up. And then what happens is, is these lights just suddenly start pulsing. They power up. And what happened to me on, my, uh, on the third night when I was there, a lot of the crowd had already left. It was Sunday night. A group of us are out there, and here comes this light. Sure enough, it's dancing, it's behaving in the way that uh, is suggestive that we might be dealing with some kind of a otherworldly sort of craft. So we start the chant, power up, power up. Next thing I know, here comes this pulse, right through my heart chakra. A few seconds go by, another pulse, right through my heart chakra. Three times I get these, these pulses right through my heart chakra. And I'm just standing there in bliss and thinking, now, to my knowledge, the United States Air Force or NASA does not possess a technology that can make my heart do that. (laughs) I wish they did. But hadn't you actually been talking previously about the seraphim in your talk that evening as well? Now, now that's what happened my first time I I felt the pulse. The next time... Uh, which was this past summer, Fourth uh, of July, 2010. I, I go up there now. Now, I've, you know, I've got some experience, and so I go up there. My my presentation was about. Uh, it was called the journey home, and it's essentially about our present unfolding, awakening consciousness. Our especially our our awareness of the center of the Milky Way galaxy and the alignment of our consciousness with that center. We no longer think of the sun as the center of our of our universe. The, the center of our Milky Way galaxy is a far grander cosmic center, and then there's an even greater one beyond that. So we're starting to orient ourselves towards the center of the galaxy. And what I did is I made a presentation about the various myths and symbols of the Milky Way, suggestive that We've been visited most certainly in the past, and we've been visited by beings that absolutely knew at least as much as we do about the Milky Way. And I believe that they left us signs, symbols, legends describing the center of the Milky Way galaxy in particular is a place that's inhabited by ultra-advanced or highly evolved humanoids who have turned themselves into light beings. And I was aligning this with the Christian tradition that talks about Jesus sitting on the on his throne. And so I asked people to think, well, if we think of the Milky Way as the temple, the holy of holies of the temple would be the center of the galaxy and that's where the throne is located. And Christianity has some very interesting ideas about what happens at the throne of God including uh that it is home to a group of beings, pure beings of pure beings of light and love or beings of pure light and love, called seraphim. 
They're the highest order of angels. They surround God's throne. And in the Renaissance, it was widely held among the, the, the leading thinkers that humans could, in fact, transform into seraphim. Now, the seraphim, when you see them in art, are always portrayed as orange or red. Uh, they're, they're, the name seraphim means fiery serpents, so they're, they're often shown as fiery red. And I made the, the connection between the seraphim, the definition of the seraphim is fiery serpent, and the Maya tradition, which talks about the return of Quetzalcoatl from the center of the galaxy in 2012. And the connection is, is that Quetzalcoatl's name means the feathered serpent. And so I asked the question, is it possible that the Maya 2012 prophecy surrounding Quetzalcoatl is referring to the appearance in our world of a seraphim or perhaps many seraphim angels? Should we begin looking to the skies for sightings of these seraphim angels? Well, after my presentation, James stands up and he says, uh, oh, and by the way, I had I had proposed that the seraphim could be not only transformed humans who have turned into light beings, but that they travel our galaxy and maybe interdimensionally through stargates and wormholes. So James gets up after my talk and says, oh, and tonight at 9 o'clock we're going to open up a stargate. And, of course, I chuckled, just like everybody else in the group, and he says, no, I'm serious. At 9 o'clock we're opening a stargate. Sure enough, 9 o'clock comes around. Several hundred people gather into the conference hall, and James starts calling in these various ET energies, as he describes them, ascended masters, various the Pleiadians, Andromedans, different, different uh, groups, uh, uh, star nations. And we walk out of that event. James and I are standing there with 30 or so people. We look up in the sky, and there's Venus, big and bright, absolutely just stunningly gorgeous. And then, all of a sudden, out of nowhere appears this orange and red ball of light hovering above us about 100 feet. And we go through, or I went through, kind of the traditional paces. It's not a helicopter. It's not making any noise. It can't be a plane. It's way too low. You dismiss that, and all of a sudden you're looking, you're seeing this thing is not only red and orange, but it's pulsing in concentric rings. And it proceeds to fly over us for about 45 seconds. Two people who were standing with us there had uh, the presence of mind to turn their cameras to videotape, and they videotape recordings of it. And while it, it's not decisive what you see in the video, you feel the energy of the people who were just absolutely like, it was like they had just were cheering a football team, and their team just won at the very last second on a Hail Mary pass. They are absolutely out of their minds in ecstasy at the appearance of this light that just floated over us. And after that, half the people started saying, that's a seraphim, that was a seraphim. Now, I can't say for sure it was a seraphim, but it sure did fit the description of the way uh, they are portrayed in Judeo-Christian art, and it was very synchronistic with what I had been saying. And one more thing I want to add uh, that caught my eye as well on this is that just a couple of weeks ago, there were a group of seven former Air Force um, nuclear missile uh, guardians who had a press conference in Washington, D.C., and they were telling how um, on different occasions in the 1960s, our, some of our nuclear installations were disabled by what they described as UFOs. And when they described the UFOs, in one instance, they said it was an orangish, reddish, 
orb that was about 30 feet in diameter that hovered above the, the, the nuclear missile silo. And I wasn't the only one. I had a friend who was actually at that press conference who had seen my presentation on this, and it, it immediately came to his mind, too, that what if that was a seraphim? You can just imagine that these seraphims would be interested in us playing with nukes and would seek to take these matches out of our, these children's hands. So these, the, so these disabled sort of missiles never, never were able to function then? Well, they functioned after that, but at okay. that moment when that uh, orangish-reddish light, that orb was above it, the, 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 the installation was disabled. Oh, I see. Wow, how fascinating. <laughs> it, must be, uh, it must have been a remarkable experience for you to be talking about this whole process and actually seeing that, that frequency and vibration and, and, as you say, feeling it as opposed to just seeing it. Yeah, well, you know, in in the work that I do, I often tell people that I feel like I'm like E.T. following the Reese's Pieces. Like, it's like there's a, a trail that is being laid out in front of me, and I just keep following it, and sometimes I get just hugely rewarded, like in that instance. Exactly. William, we're coming up to our first break, and uh, we'll we'll move on after this break. It was, a, it was a great start to the show, and we'll talk about the Capitol building in Washington, D.C., Freedom's okay. Gate. This is Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. Be Extraordinary. Seventh Wave Network. Walk our true spiritual path at a time when the Western world is fixated on material gain? More people are now recognizing the emptiness, which comes with this limited approach to life. There is another way. Four years ago, Peter Tong left his position as a high school principal with 30 years experience in the education system and turned to his true calling of a metaphysical life. He now uses his experience and wisdom to provide solutions to personal and organizational challenges. Peter offers corporate workshops and seminars, public meditations, radio interviews, healing sessions, and community visits to bring awareness of the new paradigm, the awakening to conscious co-creation. Visit petertongue.com today to register for events and to purchase his transformative visualization meditation CDs. You can also download the meditation CDs as MP3s if you wish for listening on your computer or on the go. These are available now at petertongue.com. What would you do if you came across a technology so profound that you move to balance within minutes of application and from that balance the body heals itself? We have the research, the testimonials, world-class health practitioners, and we conduct free demonstrations throughout North America and the world. Sound too good to be true? Click on the Amized Fusion Technology banner and find out for yourself and join us in a self-care revolution. you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. The new home for visionary positive change. Seventh Wave Network.
listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tung. I just want to take this opportunity to thank my sponsors, the business associates of Omega Global. Uh, and if you want to find out more about the uh, Omega Global products, please listen to the archived uh, interview I did with uh, Sam Adams on September the 15th and hear about some of the remarkable uh, events taking place in people's lives as a result of using the Omega Global products. I'm absolutely delighted to have with me today William Henry, and I'm going to ask you now, William, to tell us all about the Capitol building in Washington, D.C., and what you've discovered about it. Well, I mean, the, the U.S. Capitol building in, in, in Washington has been a subject of immense fascination for me as well as many other people for a very long time, and I just finally decided that there had been so many books written about D.C. itself and the sacred geometry and the, the layout as designed by the, the Founding Fathers and the Freemasonic influence, but none of them deal with exclusively with the capital itself. And I ask people, well, what would it mean to you if you discovered that the U.S. Capitol is a temple of ascension, one that can be used to tap into a higher power. I mean, to me, that means everything. And the thing is, is that most Americans have no idea that Thomas Jefferson called the Capitol a temple, and he dedicated it to the sovereignty of the people. Its builders referred to it as the Temple of Liberty, the Temple of Celestial Liberty, in particular, was what it was called in 1793. And what it reveals is that the Founding Fathers left a profound vision for achieving true freedom, which they equated with awakened consciousness, with enlightened consciousness, inside the dome of the U.S. Capitol. And in fact, that building is not a civic structure at all. It is a temple. And in fact, it's a mirror image of Solomon's Temple. It's, it's a virtual recreation of Solomon's Temple. That was the intention of its builders. And it's further a mirror image of the Vatican Dome and its obelisk, which sits nearby. So just before you go on, what is the significance then of having an obelisk and a dome? Well, the idea is that it creates an energy center, an interplay. You think of the, the phallic symbol, the obelisk is male. You think of the dome, the womb, the gate is female. You put the male and the female together, and now you're talking about the process of creation. And that's part of the, the intention about putting those two together. Um, further, the, the bell-shaped capital dome literally is a stupa like a Buddhist stupa, it, and it creates a vortex or a field of energy. The reason why the U.S. Capitol building is a power spot is because it was designed to be. And the Freemasons who built it viewed it as a, as a beehive buzzing with energy. And literally, you feel that energy when you're standing in the rotunda of the Capitol. And also, by the way, uh, it literally is the key, altering the energy field of the Capitol Dome, I believe, through prayer and meditation, will raise the frequency of the dome. And that is the key, I believe, 
if if you feel like there are negative or harmful energies emanating from the U.S. Capitol today, the way to overcome that, to shift and change that, is to begin sending prayer and begin to meditating on that dome because that's what it was designed to do. So just take us uh, for a little walk through the, the, the different levels. Um, so the rotunda is, is the main level. So perhaps just take us in and, and so we could position ourselves in the right place and just talk us through that. Okay. Well, first of all, let's mention that the capital itself is neatly divided into seven sections that correspond with the seven chakras of the human energy system. The the rotunda is the heart, of course. You walk into the rotunda, and you look up into the dome, which is 180 feet above the ground. The center of the rotunda is is a gold sun. And when you stand on that, you're looking up into the dome, and what you're seeing is an amazing painting by an Italian painter named Constantino Brumidi, and the painting is called The Apotheosis of George Washington. The word apotheosis is Greek. It means to deify, to raise from a man to a God-man. And in fact, what we see in this painting is George Washington enthroned in a heavenly scene with a sun gate behind him and a group of pagan gods and other heavenly entities surrounding him. Now, something that really caught my attention when I first started writing about this is that this painting is surrounded by a canopy of 72 stars, a ring of 72 stars. In my vernacular, a ring of stars is equivalent to a gate of stars, or what we today might call a stargate or a portal. And in fact, this is how I characterize the U.S. Capitol, is as a portal. And I'm uh, pleased to say that Dan Brown fancied that idea so much that he also incorporated in his book, although he didn't mention me as the source. However, according to the people at the Capitol, I am the source of this information. There's no one else that's looked at the Capitol as a gateway or a portal or as a key to ascension. But uh, fantastically, Dan Brown came to the exact same conclusion six months after I published my work. Wow. And that was uh, made clear in in the book, The Lost Symbol by Dan Brown. Yeah. Uh, He virtually followed my entire journey of exploration into the Capitol and incorporated it into his book. I'm very happy that he was able to do that uh, because he certainly reaches millions of of readers. It would have been great if, you know, he had uh, gone ahead and acknowledged my work, but the fact remains is that we're both talking about the Capitol in identical terms. And we're both viewing the Capitol as this portal, and the artwork within it does indeed provide keys to the awakening of our consciousness and indeed the ascension of the human race. Now, Dan Brown doesn't go into the details about it because he dropped off about his work was he incorporated most of my preliminary work. My more detailed work, which really gets into the nitty-gritty of it, is in my book, Freedom's Gate. And that Dan didn't have access to it when he did Lost Symbol. Had he done so, I know he would have had far, far more details in his book than, than just the, the preliminary stuff that I had uncovered uh, before Freedom's Gate. And Freedom's Gate is an absolutely wonderful book of, of images and icons and symbols uh, and very clear explanations of, of exactly what the, the uh, Capitol building is and, and, and the intention behind it. 
Um, and so for anybody who's interested in this, I strongly advise you to, to get Freedom's Gate, which is available as an e-book as well as, a, a, as a, an actual a physical book. So, uh, William, let's just return to the rotunda for a moment. What is, what is underneath you there? Okay. When you walk into the Capitol, there's actually three stories or levels. I prefer to call them stories because the whole thing is like a, a story book. You're in the center of the rotunda. That's the middle story. The top story is in the dome with Washington on the rainbow in front of the sun gate as the deified being, as the, the transformed human. And I should mention here that, that George Washington sitting on the rainbow precisely matches the way uh, Christian art portrays the resurrected Jesus, who is also shown sitting on a rainbow. And according to the folks at the Capitol, I was the first to make that connection, too, which really raised eyebrows there. So the story that's told in the rotunda as you're standing there is that you're looking up at this God-man, this deified being, George Washington, who is kind of, I, I just call him the American Christ, because that's the way he's portrayed. One story beneath the rotunda is the crypt. Now, the crypt is one of the most fascinating places you can go into the Capitol. It literally supports the rotunda. There are 40 columns that uh, are arranged in a, in a circle. When you take the, the Capitol tour, the guides will tell you that those 40 columns are modeled after the Temple of Poseidon in ancient Greece. This is very important because Poseidon was the ruler of the fabled land of Atlantis. It's, it's important because to the founding fathers, many of whom were Rosicrucians, and they subscribed to the idea that America was the new Atlantis based on Sir Francis Bacon's prophetic novel. So lo and behold, we're paying homage to the king of Atlantis, Poseidon, by recreating his temple in the crypt of the U.S. Capitol. Now, the term crypt is not mine. That's the term they assign to it in the Capitol. But what I like to point out is that civic buildings don't have crypts. Office buildings don't have crypts. Temples have crypts. Churches have crypts. Holy or sacred spaces have crypts. The U.S. Capitol is a temple, and this is why it has a crypt. So that's the second story. The third story is directly beneath the rotunda, or excuse me, beneath the crypt. So let's think of a vertical axis just for a moment. If you drew a line from the rotunda right straight up into the dome, you would hit George Washington sitting in front of the open sun gate. You continue that line, it goes right straight through this gold dot in the center of the rotunda. The the, The line goes down through the crypt, and the center of the crypt is a white star that is called the Seed of Washington and marks the exact geographical center of Washington, D.C. If you continue that vertical axis down one more story, directly beneath it, you would enter into what is called the Tomb of George Washington. Now, the question is, who is buried in Washington's tomb? And the answer is, there's no one buried in Washington's tomb. It's empty. Why is Washington's tomb empty? The reason that I propose is because he's up on the ceiling. He's resurrected. He's come out of the tomb and gone right up the vertical axis, right through the sun gate into the heavenly realms. He's no longer in this realm. As a point of historical fact, George Washington's body is entombed out at Mount Vernon. 
So here's this amazing story of this temple, of this vortex, of this portal that tells the story of a king or a president who was raised from the dead in a story strikingly similar, of course, to that of Jesus, and now finds himself living among the deified or heavenly beings in another realm. And the empty tomb, again, is somewhat like uh, Jesus' empty tomb. Uh, exactly. Crucifixion. We're coming up to our second break, William. This is just fascinating stuff. We'll return after the break with William Henry to talk further about light body activation. She's Peter Tongue for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. to the threshold of a dream and beyond. Seventh Wave Network. Dad, can I ask you something? Sure, what's up? Um, there's this girl I kind of like. Well, if there's one thing I know, it's women. Really? Well, they didn't call me velvet for nothing. I don't get it. Smooth. I was smooth. Oh. Anyway, it's easy. You just got to impress her. Show her how strong you are. Okay, but how? Just, I don't know, pick up a lot of heavy things around her. Like what? I don't know, desks, chairs, people. Grunt, if you have to. Grunt? Yeah, be like, Ugh! Try it. Ugh! 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 <laughs> See? There you go. And you should dress up. Start wearing a shirt and tie. I'll look like a dork. No, you'll look successful. Okay. And finally, you can start using my cologne. <clears throat> the ladies love it, so don't be shy. Splash it on. Thanks, Dad. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. When you adopt a child from foster care, just being there makes all the difference. To find out how you can adopt, please visit our website at adoptuskids.org or call 1-888-200-4005. A public service announcement brought to you by Adopt US Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. What would you do if you came across a technology so profound that you move to balance within minutes of application and from that balance the body heals itself? We have the research, the testimonials, world-class health practitioners, and we conduct free demonstrations throughout North America and the world. Sound too good to be true? Click on the Amized Fusion Technology banner and find out for yourself and join us in a self-care revolution. Walk our true spiritual path at a time when the Western world is fixated on material gain? More people are now recognizing the emptiness, which comes with this limited approach to life. There is another way. Four years ago, Peter Tung left his position as a high school principal with 30 years experience in the education system and turned to his true calling of a metaphysical life. He now uses his experience and wisdom to provide solutions to personal and organizational challenges. Peter offers corporate workshops and seminars, public meditations, radio interviews, healing sessions, and community visits to bring awareness of the new paradigm. The Awakening to conscious co-creation. Visit petertongue.com today to register for events and to purchase his transformative visualization meditation CDs. You can also download the meditation CDs as MP3s if you wish for listening on your computer or on the go. These are available now at petertongue.com. Listening on a higher dimension. Seventh Wave Network. You're 
listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tung. I just want to remind you of my own website, www.petertung.com, where you can uh, go to all of the wonderful archived shows uh, for this particular series of shows, Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation, as well as to my myheartcenteredjourney.com, the Ambassadors of Light program, and tomorrow evening, Thursday at 530 I will be uh, putting together some of the energies from the recent 10-10-10 and uh, my recent radio shows to bring us right up to date with what is happening in the world of consciousness. So I want to now return to William Henry and William ask you if you were able to go into the Capitol building today as a human being alive on the planet, what, what should you do when you go in to connect to these energies? Well, I tell you what I did, and they, they don't much like it, but I still say this is the, what I feel is the best way to experience it. Um, I, I like to go into the rotunda, find that gold dot, lay on my back, and just absorb the energy. In fact, this is Dan Brown had his character, Robert Langdon, do exactly what I did. I, I walked in there, laid on my back, and looked up and said, this is a portal or a stargate. And in fact, in the lost symbol, this is what uh, his Robert Langdon character did. He laid on his back, looks up into the portal, and says, looks up into the apotheosis painting and says, this is a stargate, or visualizes it as a stargate. Now, the people in the Capitol will come and tell you that they don't want you to do that. And the reason why is because they believe that you're protesting if you're doing that. Uh. <laughs> and my take is, well, this was called the People's Temple, okay? And it seems like, and I know that you know, there's there's some in the Capitol that totally agree with me. I mean, before 9/11, you could the, the average ordinary citizen could go into the Capitol anytime they want. Now there's a $650 million entryway into the Capitol. In fact, they really aren't too keen about you going into the Capitol. But I still believe fundamentally that it's Americans, as Americans, it's our right to be able to go into our temple and to worship in this temple as we please and to to in the sacred space behave in a sacred manner which is you can't certainly can't say that about many of the members that are there right now they they are far from behaving in a sacred manner but that's a whole other discussion but my point is is that i feel that when you're entering into the rotunda you're entering into a womb space into a heart space and if you don't feel comfortable laying on your back and absorbing this energy then the next best thing is to get into a a heart space and recognize that you are in a stupa, in a vortex of powerful sacred energy. And if you can, uh, open up your chest, open up your arms, and just turn, turn your body into a sort of an antenna for this sacred energy that is there. And it always helps to uh, offer your intention for peace and for the continuation that this, this gateway to freedom, the U.S. Capitol, will continue to stay open. Absolutely. So looking at all the work that you've done and, and the details which you've covered, which are phenomenal, and uh, as you mentioned earlier, Thomas Jefferson talking about sovereignty of the people and, and real freedom, 
What, what do you believe that their intention was in creating this structure for the people? What was, what was their goal long-term? Well, I, uh, personally, long-term, I believe it is, it's a code book in stone for tapping into a higher, call it awakened or enlightened consciousness. And it, it sounds really kind of, um, kind of far out for some people to think of the founding fathers of America as being interested in enlightenment. Uh, but that's the fact of the matter. I mean, true freedom and liberty to the founding fathers is not uh, the way it's presently been redefined. Uh, they remember America was founded, not, they came here not only to come to a physical space, but also a psychological space where they could keep the Pope, the King, and other authority figures like that off our backs. They wanted pure freedom to get the government out of our lives, get the Pope out of our lives, get the church out of our lives. We want to be free to awaken ourselves and practice whatever religion we we choose. We want to tap into this higher wisdom. And in fact, long long range, this is what I see in the dome of the U.S. Capitol. And I, I just want to connect a couple of dots to, uh, to help the, the listener kind of understand where I'm coming from when I tell you wh- why I think this is a gateway to a higher consciousness. As I mentioned, in the apotheosis painting, you have George Washington, a la Jesus, sitting on a rainbow with an open sun gate behind him. In, on my website, williamhenry.net, the listener can go uh, to click on the Freedom's Gate tab, and you'll, you'll see this comparison. It's irrefutable. And, but behind this is a really important message, and this is what I discussed in Freedom's Gate, and that is that when the Tibetans would portray their lamas who have achieved the highest form of human perfection, ultimate awakened consciousness, true freedom, true, true liberty, they are portrayed as, or, or said to have achieved what they call the rainbow body. This is when they can take the human body and dissolve it into its highest form of the elements, and it manifests as five-colored rainbow light, hence it's called the rainbow body. And these lamas who have achieved this highest form, this ultimate human transformation, they are shown either riding on a rainbow, like George Washington and Jesus, or in a rainbow, in the rings of a rainbow. Now, here's the the thing. The Tibetans teach, and this is their belief, that this teaching, this ultimate human transformation teaching, did not originate on earth. They teach that it's taught in 13 star systems in addition to our own. When you look at George Washington on the rainbow in this heavenly scene, he is surrounded by 13 maidens with stars on their heads. The guides will tell you all day long and twice on Sunday that those 13 maidens are the 13 original colonies. My thing is, is this. Well, how can that be? This isn't an earthly scene These 13 maidens can't represent the 13 earthly colonies. This is a heavenly scene. So what I ask is this. Is it possible that these 13 maidens with stars on their heads, do they represent the 13 star systems in addition to our own? The Tibetans teach that this ultimate liberty and, and freedom teaching is taught. If so, it suggests that the new new world order is when soul, our sun system, our star system, 
is fully linked with this awakened consciousness that is shared by 13 other star systems. Wow, so, so this is what we are returning to. I believe this is what we are returning to. And while the Tibetans don't tell us, uh, I've seen it chronicled where they, they say it's taught in 13 star systems. I don't know the names of all 13, but if you go into the Bible, if you go into the myths of Egypt, of Samaria, of ancient, which is ancient Iraq, Iran, and, and other cultures, you pretty well get a list that goes something like the Big Dipper, the Pleiades, Sirius, Cygnus, Lyra, Vega, and that's six. So that's six right there. So there are potentially another seven star systems, they're saying, that are linked in this chain of star systems where this awakened teaching is taught. And it just so happens that this teaching is codified in the dome of the U.S. Capitol. It's very, pretty remarkable stuff, isn't it? <laughs> and what it suggests to me is that, okay, this is, this is what it's about. It is about us waking up. Uh, which is something, you know, of course, the church fought 500 years ago to keep the average person from knowing that Earth was not the center of the universe. They burned Giordano Bruno at the stake. Copernicus and Galileo had, of course, enormous problems uh, when they proved that the sun, that the Earth orbits the sun. We now know that our sun system, our star system, orbits the center of the galaxy, and this is this galactic awakening, this new alignment of our consciousness that we're undergoing. But the thing the church was really afraid of is that people would start questioning whether or not we're alone in the universe, which, of course, common sense would suggest we're not. And so does it sound so far-fetched? Who's crazier? People <laughs> saying that we're al we are alone in the universe or people that are saying, well, may wait a minute, maybe some of the greatest figures in human history knew something about our relationship to the, to the galaxy and the universe that we might just want to pay attention to. And what they knew is that, one, humans can transform into stars or star beings, what we might think of as angels, and two, there's a vast network of life out there that we can connect with. And ultimately, when we get out of ourselves, get over ourselves, and stop thinking of ourselves as all that is, we're going to recognize, well, wait a minute, maybe we are, in fact, part of a, a federation, if you will, to use a, a Star Trek term, of these enlightened or awakened uh, civilizations that are out there waiting for us. In fact, part of my teaching is, is that they're waiting for us because they need us more than we need them. Because you're only strong, your chain's only as strong as your weakest link. And there we are. So, William, we're coming up to our, our final break at this point. So when we return, we'll talk about your new uh, presentation, uh, Soul Rising. This is Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. to the threshold of a dream and beyond. Seventh Wave Network. How do we walk our true spiritual path at a time when the Western world is fixated on material gain? More people are now recognizing the emptiness which comes with this limited approach to life. There is another way. 
years ago, Peter Tong left his position as a high school principal with 30 years experience in the education system and turned to his true calling of a metaphysical life. He now uses his experience and wisdom to provide solutions to personal and organizational challenges. Peter offers corporate workshops and seminars, public meditations, radio interviews, healing sessions, and community visits to bring awareness of the new paradigm, the awakening to conscious co-creation. Visit petertongue.com today to register for events and to purchase his transformative visualization meditation CDs. You can also download the meditation CDs as MP3s if you wish for listening on your computer or on the go. These are available now at petertongue.com. What would you do if you came across a technology so profound that you move to balance within minutes of application and from that balance the body heals itself? We have the research, the testimonials, world-class health practitioners, and we conduct free demonstrations throughout North America and the world. Sound too good to be true? Click on the Amized Fusion Technology banner and find out for yourself and join us in a self-care revolution. There is a lot more going on in religion and government than what high-ranking officials are telling you. The Bible uncovers the truth, prophecies, and a world of opportunities. Get the answers you need when you tune into the program To the Stars and Beyond with your hosts Michael List and Adam Hong. We'll explore the religious and spiritual beliefs from ancient history to the prophecies that are shaping the world and current events of today. To the Stars and Beyond airs live every Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern on 7th Wave Network. Be extraordinary. Seventh Wave Network. Listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host Peter Tong, and I'm delighted to have with me today William Henry. Time is passing way too quickly. So, William, let's move on and talk about your new presentation, Soul Rising. Ah, right. Thank you, Peter. Yeah. Um, I've had two really popular programs called uh, first The Light Body Effect and then Morph, which both dealt with this idea of light body activation or, or awakening our, our, our true selves, which is referred to as, as the light body. And so now I'm, I've got a new presentation called Soul Rising, um, and I'm encouraging people here to ignite our soul spark, to renew its purpose, and hoping to provide motivation for people to wear our souls on the outside instead of the inside. That is kind of the, the big flip I ask people to, to think about while uh, engaging this, this material. And the, the title actually comes from an event called the Transfiguration, as I documented in the Light Body Effect and also Morph. This was a, an episode where Jesus takes uh, several disciples up to the top of the Mount of Transfiguration, the Mount of Glory, and he suddenly morphs or transforms into a being of light right before their eyes. And 
terrified. The disciples just fell to the ground, but Jesus came and touched their souls saying, rise and do not be afraid. And so I'm thinking, okay, he's talking about soul rising here. And in fact, as I described in the light body effect and in morph, there is a a class of artwork called icons that has were created with the intention that the divine light that shone around Jesus during the transfiguration could be transmitted through this certain class of artwork. And so soul rising is a is a collection of this artwork. It's infused and energized with this, what I think of as an amazing collection of this soul-empowering ascension and transfiguration art, all of it created with the intention by the artist or with the knowledge that we become what we see. If we, if we flood ourselves with images of ascension and transfiguration and metamorphosis and, and expanding ourselves as light beings, there's an aspect of ourselves that responds to that, and these artists knew that. And so that's what I'm primarily working with in Soul Rising is this extraordinary art with the knowledge that if people will kind of open their soul to the light that is in this artwork, it will begin to reflect in their lives. All they have to do is concentrate on it, meditate on it, and then reflect it in their own lives, and suddenly some dramatic things start happening, dramatically positive things start happening. So in fact, looking, looking at this, uh, the symbol or the, the icon then, you actually can go into resonance with it and you can make that shift yourself over a period of time into That's this right. higher yeah. level of awareness and consciousness. That's well, I was right. going to ask you actually, William, um, it's a good, good little segue in, in, in terms of the big focus on the 2012, and you mentioned the, the Maya earlier, um, and the next couple of years, what are, your, what are your views on what is happening and what we need to do? Well, um, I have a, a whole couple of sections on that in Soul Rising, one I call the next human. Uh, Albert Einstein famously said that in order to solve our problems, the next human will have to emerge. The, the mindset that created the problems can't solve it. The next human will have to emerge. My question is, who's the next human? Is that is the next human already here? How will we recognize this being? Are we the ones we're waiting for? And what will the next human be like? And we, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, we have two choices right now. One, we're either going to turn ourselves into to cyborgs and enfold in, it into this new amazing internet matrix that's only going to grow in power and intelligence, or the next human, I believe, is a fully activated light being. And that's the direction, of course, I believe that we need to go. And we're getting support right now in that quest from the galaxy itself. As we align with the center of the galaxy, numerous researchers are talking about higher energies emanating from the center of the galaxy that are here to feed this incredible metamorphosis or, or transformation. I like to, as I mentioned earlier, think of the galaxy as the temple. The center of the galaxy, I mentioned, I feel or or think of as the holy of holies of the temple. This is where you find the throne of God. Would you believe that Revelation, the book of Revelation, chapter 20, verse 12, Revelation 2012, is judgment day? (laughs) It's the end of the world in the Christian prophetic tradition. This is when we stand before the throne says Revelation 20.12, and all are judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. 
I believe that we are right now, Peter, standing in front of the throne. We are in alignment with the center of the Milky Way galaxy. Our consciousness is being expanded and aligned with that center. How are you going to behave in front of the throne of God? Are you going to lie? Are you going to steal? Are you going to cheat? Are you going to act in any way? Are you going to say you're going to be transparent and then not be transparent? Are you joking? If you believe that this is Judgment Day, as I believe it is, and judgment in this instance isn't some dirty old white man on the throne here to to throw the book at you. They're wanting to know how loving of a being are you, because the beings that inhabit the throne are beings of pure light and pure love, and they want us to be beings of pure light and pure love. So when when people ask me, what am I going to be doing for 2012?, I'm saying I'm starting now by cleaning out my heart and get, get rid of all that gunk, make my heart lighter than the feather as happened in the Egyptian Judgment Day scenario, because I believe that we are lined up with the center of the galaxy. And if, if my heart is pure, I am going to be able to receive this amazing energy so many people are talking about that is presently uh, coming into our world from the galactic center. So in some ways, then, it's, it's like a massive stargate opening Exactly. Yeah. Wow. William, exactly. amazingly, we're coming up to the end of the hour, and I want to give you a moment to tell all of our listeners how they can connect with you and get your DVDs and books, which I strongly recommend people do. This is really, really highest level awareness, I believe, in this current time. So, William, how can people make that connection? Yeah, please. Uh, visit my website, which is williamhenry.net. I've got uh, information about uh, various trips and tours I'm doing. I've got my uh, books and DVDs are available. I hope you'll maybe get a bundle of them and watch them by yourself, or maybe get a group of people together and watch them. People tell me all the time how much power there is in watching this kind of material and sharing this material in a group setting. And so I would love it if, if they would do that. Or uh, I've got a newsletter button. You can, uh, you can uh, join my newsletter, and I'll give you monthly updates about new products or new new events, that sort of thing. Well, thank you so much. And, uh, and your new Soul Rising DVD will be out in November. That's right, November 1st. So, William, I, I really appreciate your time today. It's been an absolutely wonderful discussion. and I My wish pleasure. Thank you. Hour. Thank you so much. Okay, take care, Peter. Thank you so much. Mm, thank you. Bye. Another phenomenal guest on the, on the show, and it continues next week with Graham Hancock, who will be talking about his new book, which is his first fictional uh, book called Entangled, and his experiences with Ayahuasca, which should be a very interesting show. I hope you have a wonderful week. This is Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. this week's show to be enlightening and inspiring. Please join host Peter Tong for another edition of Awakening to Conscious Creation next Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network.